Welcome to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast, hosted by award-winning television director, documentary filmmaker, author, and speaker, Craig D. Forrest. Join Craig for the next few minutes as he interviews leaders, artists, and creatives about trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. This podcast is produced and brought to you by Matchstick Media International. Now, here's Craig. We're talking on the podcast with Jerry K. Rose, who's chairman of TLI, which is Total Living. Is that international, I think, TLI? Yeah, yeah, is, to, uh, Total Living International. That's yeah, a parent company. Um, a parent company of Total Living Network, WCFC winning Chicagoland for Christ, Channel 38 back in its day. So, Jerry, you have you have to fill up 24 hours a day of programming. And I know I, I have a list of friends that have worked and got their start at WCFC back in the day. And they worked as producers and camera and editors and all the different positions that would be on a, on a project, would be on a production. You really came up with some local programming that not only was good, but I know for a fact won some local Emmys and regional Emmys as well. How do you do that when you're trying to do something special from the start? Well, one of the things, again, I came out of, I came out of uh, commercial television. And I remember in Dallas at WFAA, uh, when Belo Corporation owned it, and even before, uh, they produced local programming. Uh, you know, they had uh, the children's shows. I worked on live children's shows uh, with Jerry Haynes, and uh, they had all kinds of local programming. And I've, I always felt that if you're going to be local, you really need to be local and you need to, you need to uh, develop programming and content because, you know, we owned a broadcast station. Uh, and while we could sell a lot of programming, so we had a lot of national evangelists, it was very important to me to create local content. And it was difficult to do because uh, we, were, we didn't have much of a budget, but we figured it out, you know, how, how we do it. And at one time, I think it was about, the second second year that we were operating, um, we were producing 13 local series, not programs, series. We were doing Crafts with Emily. We were doing a visit with Suzanne. Uh, we were doing our nightly show. We were doing, and, and we had a studio. I think it was about 30, 30 by 35 um, on the top of the, uh, the, what was then the Camper Insurance Building. Um, and we didn't know we couldn't produce programming and we just kept producing it. Uh, we were producing at that time, Craig, more local television than any other station in Chicago. And it was a, you mentioned some of the people, you know, who came through at that time. Um, one of the reasons they got so much experience is because we were producing so much. We were doing all kinds of live programming. Our telethons would run live. Uh, sometimes for 11 to 12 days at a time and with musicians and, and ministers coming through and somebody new coming in, the learning potential there was just absolutely remarkable. And there's no way that those people, those young people could have come into the Chicago market um, any place but us. And not only could they come in with us, they could come in to, to, the, to the number three market in the United States. And not only could they come into that market, 
they could create and they could learn and they could grow and they could do some really dynamic television. And that was one of the things that I think really made us stand out. And I remember, uh, I was a member of the Academy of Arts and Sciences, and I remember uh, one of the guys saying, look, why don't we start a religious category, you know, for, for you guys? And I said, no, 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 don't do that. I don't want that. I don't, I don't want a religious ghetto over here that, you know, every year we're winning because we're, it's religious. I want to compete with you guys. And I want my guys, I want my team to learn to compete with you guys. And I said, and we will. And when we first started that, a guy, I didn't have any money, and a guy gave us a little camera. I'll never forget. It was just a consumer camera, and it had uh, wood grain vinyl on the side that was, that was unpeeling. And uh, we had a tripod, and I told my program guy, I said, uh, look, I want you to go to the news conferences. <laughs> and he said, you what? I said, I want you to go to the news conferences. And he said, I'm not about to show up with that camera. And I said, you know, God said if you're faithful in little things, he'll give you bigger things. I want us to be at those news conferences. I want us to participate in this community, and I want them to know we're here. And he said, you know, please don't make me do that. I said, no, I want you to do that. So we started going to news conferences with this little crazy little camera. And, uh, you know, people with the other news, NBC, CBS, and the others would laugh at us. But a guy then gave me a call, a banker in the Chicago area, gave me a call and said, I want to raise some money for you guys. You know, what do you need? I said, I, I, I said, look, I have a picture of a camera on our wall. And every time we walk by that camera, our people pray that God will give us that camera. That's what I want. He said, I'll see if I can put the money together. I got a call from him later. He said, okay, I, <laughs> I chartered a yacht. We're going out and have dinner. We have a presentation for you. And so uh, Shirley and I went out on this yacht and all of these uh, very wealthy people were on this yacht. And at the end of it, he gave me a check that more than covered everything I needed for this beautiful camera that was every bit comparable to everything NBC, CBS, and everybody else had. And when we started showing up, they, it was impressive. I mean, you know, and they began then to accept us into the community because they saw what we were doing and they saw that we really were more than just a Christian TV station. We were television and we were good television and we had the capability of producing good shows. And uh, then we started winning Emmys. Um, and I, when they told me, you know, that they, uh, you know, we'll start a category for you, I said, I'd want that. And then when we started winning Emmys on their terms, not because we were just a religious ghetto, um, it began to have a big impact. And we began to build more and more respect in the community. Again, as more than just a Christian TV station, we were a television station and we were a good television station who could produce good television. And uh, it made a big difference. It, 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 we gained a lot of respect through that. Really enjoying this conversation with Jerry K. Rose. We'll be back after this. This podcast features engaging conversations with leaders, artists, and creatives sharing about current trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. Today's episode is produced by Matchstick Media International. 
a nonprofit that's passionate about inspiring both visionary leaders and young creatives to harness the power of media to further the gospel. To learn more, visit us at matchstickmedia.org. Now, back to Craig. Back to a great conversation with Jerry K. Rose. You know, I just wrote down a little note as you were talking about this uh, all, the, all the way through, and that is that um, God provided not only big miracles, he provided little miracles along the way. And I've always believed that even with the little miracles, it's God's way of whispering into your uh, ear and placing in your heart, see, I'm in, I'm in this. I'm in this making differences that you know it's only, it can only be me that's doing it. I mean, going out on a yacht, having a little fundraising, not little, but a significant fundraising venture and a check for more than what you need. You didn't do that. God did that. Your faith, your faith and God's provision did that. And that's when you know that God's in it. And I, I, you know what? I, I, there are people, uh, Christian communicators, young creatives across the world, uh, America, Canada, North America as well, Jerry, and maybe you'd want to speak to them uh, for, for the, for a moment here they might be discouraged that their faith isn't getting anywhere, that their dream or their vision uh, isn't going far enough. I wrote down the line that you said from uh, regarding Owen Carr, that the, the, the vision, the dream has died, but tomorrow we resurrect our vision. Talk about that for a minute to somebody out there that needs that. Well, you know, when I first started and when I was in commercial television, <clears throat> most of the time I was in commercial television, I wanted to be in Christian television and it just seemed like doors wouldn't open. And uh, I finally had to come to a point where God said, what if I want you to stay in commercial television? Are you willing to do that and be a blessing and have and play a role in commercial television? And I had to come to a point of saying, yes, but that's not what I think God you want me to do. And so I, I think the, the key here is it starts with a relationship with Christ and really analyzing what is this about? Is this about really what God wants me to do? Or is this about what I want to do and using God as an excuse? I knew that this is what God wanted me to do. And so there wasn't really much else that I could do except keep going. But you know, I wanted it to happen after about two years, and it just didn't happen. And I remember the Southern Baptist Radio TV Commission um, had a job opening in Fort Worth. And I called, and they set up an interview. And I went, o I went over to interview, and at the time, I was a producer director for Doubleday, for Doubleday Broadcasting um, at uh, a, Christian st I mean, a commercial station in Dallas. And I went over and interviewed, and I mean, I sold them like crazy. Uh, you know, I gave them storyboards, and you know, I, I really, I really sold them on what I could do for them. And at the end of it, uh, the guy said, "You know what? I like what I'm hearing." He said, "The only thing I can see that you don't have uh, is figuring major film budgets, and we're doing some pretty big film stuff." And I said, "But I can learn that. That's you know, I can, I can get that." And he said, "You know, I believe you." And he said, nothing's open right now, but when it does open, I'll, uh, I'll give you a call. So I was on cloud nine, Craig. I mean, I went back over 
<clears throat> and when I got back to the station, one of the other directors was walking out the door and he saw me, saw that I was happy and he said, hey, what's going on? And I told him, I said, uh, you know, he was not a Christian. And I said, I just got back from Southern Baptist Radio TV Commission. Uh, it looks like they're gonna hire the no job opening right now, but when there is, looks like they're gonna hire me as a producer. And, uh, and I told him, I said, you know, they said I hadn't had experience with film jobs, but I could do that. Well, <clears throat> the next day he went over and told them that he had all that experience and they hired him. Oh my. They hired him. <laughs> and then he came back to the TV station as a, he was a producer. He came back to the TV station, turned in his resignation. They offered him a promotion and more money and he never showed up at the Southern Baptist Radio TV Commission. So you really struggled with that? Oh, I, not only did I struggle with it, I, I was angry. I was angry at the producer. I was angry at the Southern Baptist TV Commission. <clears throat> I was angry with God because I just knew that had to be God. I just knew that had to be what God wanted me to do because it, it, it was so perfect. And uh, so it, it launched me into a period of bitterness, spiritual bitterness, as well as just flat out bitterness. Um, and I, was, I really struggled spiritually because I, I had almost felt that God had failed me. And, you know, and really I knew that he hadn't, but yet I was so primed for that job and could not believe that that was, could not, was not God's will. And I remember driving down the freeway in Dallas one day and, you know, I was complaining to my wife, Shirley, and she said to me, she said she didn't say it quite like this, but it seems I heard it this way, that she said, I wish you would just shut up. <laughs> I wish you would just shut up. And she said, I want to tell you something that you're not going to want to hear. If God would have wanted you to have that job, you would have it. You didn't get it because he didn't want you to have it. He has something else for you. And it just stopped me dead in my tracks because I should have known that. And she also said, look, you know how to preach it, but you need to learn how to live it. And it just stopped me in my tracks. And I realized that what she said was exactly right, that I wasn't in charge of this, God was. And God had directed and brought me along and had called me. And it was really God's responsibility, not my responsibility. My responsibility was obedience. God's responsibility was success and putting it together. And the sooner I could learn that, the better off I would be and the more, the happier I would be. <clears throat> so that was it, you know, I, I, I knew that this was God's plan. Well, that was channel 39 in Dallas, which mm -hmm. was owned by Doubleday Broadcasting. Then later, I was promoted by Doubleday Broadcasting to their uh, CBS station. A couple of years, had a wonderful experience. 
there. Also, Shirley and I ended up as the youth leaders in our church and had a wonderful, wonderful situation there. Uh, but then I was hired by Pat Robertson. I went back then to Dallas and we started in this little abandoned building that was just awful and built a television station. And uh, uh, our station in Dallas did well. But then one day I found out that the station I had been as a director, they had decided, Doubleday Broadcasting had decided to get out of television and they were gonna put that station up for sale. So I immediately called Pat and I said, Pat, you know, we need to work on this. This is something that I think could be very good for us. And so Pat set a meeting with uh, Double D management and talked to them about tax write-offs and so forth. And we ended up taking over that station. And Craig, guess who ended up, <laughs> guess who ended up general manager of that station where I had been a producer director. And that was the station that I had come back to after the Southern Baptist Radio TV Commission and had to work with this director, continue to work with the director uh, who had uh, been promoted over me and got more money after taking my job at the Southern Radio TV Commission. And after having deal with all of that, it was almost like God said, I'm gonna put you through some real tests here so you can really learn to trust me. But then when we took that, when Pat took that station over, I became general manager of that station. I could not have written a script no. like that. And so the thing I would say to a lot of the young producers, build your relationship with Christ before anything else. Know God, know Jesus Christ. Let him really have a place in your heart that will help you to understand he has a plan for you. And at times it may be frustrating. You may not have any idea what that, what's happening with that plan, but God is doing, you said it earlier, I think it's good. God's doing little things that we don't even know about. God is, is doing things to prepare us and opening doors and closing doors that we don't even know about to get us to where he wants us to be. I think it's Habakkuk, the second chapter that says, <clears throat> the vision is yet for an appointed time. It may delay, but look for it because it will happen. And when God places something in your heart, the first thing you have to do is build your relationship with him so you can trust him with it. Amen. And then keep letting God work through your life to bring that plan about. And at some point, God will bring it about and it'll happen. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. And that's great wisdom. And it, it, that's one, wonderful wisdom. Thank you for that. We're, we're closing up a bit of our time. I, I'd still have a question or two here for Jerry K. Rose on our podcast. Great experience. We're talking to a veteran who, is, who has seen a lot from his early days, even as a teenager, all the way now to being a veteran of, uh, of a of Total Living Network. You can find that. It's TLN.com, is it? Is that right? TLN.com, yes. You can find out about programming there. There's a station uh, that just changed from one location to another here uh, in California in the Bay Area. And then uh, Chicago. Is there another station uh, besides 
the, the Chicago and the, the Bay Area one? Uh, no, we did have one. We sold the one in Las Vegas and uh, also the one in Rockford because we, uh, our expansion, we were covering Rockford. Uh, we're covered, uh, we're exclusive on Comcast in both, uh, in, in the Chicagoland area. And uh, we're still negotiating with uh, Comcast in San Francisco. Uh, but we have a wonderful relationship with Comcast here. We do a lot of partnerships together in, uh, in the Chicagoland area. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, we, you know, TLN still, you know, we're still producing programming. Uh, we are producing quite a few documentaries now that, uh, that we're very pleased with. And those are winning Emmys. In fact, the last one, I think we had four nominations and we sweeped it. I think we won all four of them. And uh, the one before that, we had uh, four nominations and won three of them with our Inc. 180 uh, documentary. So we have a very small, but um, it, it's just a great team. But one of the things I think has characterized us, God has allowed us to have some very good young television people over the years who got their experience there and then went out and have made, it, made a career uh, out of television. Talking to Jerry K. Rose here on the podcast, I'd like to talk about um, live streaming, which has become extremely, extremely popular with churches. But from my point of view as a professional, sometimes I look at the live streams and all they did was set up a camera at the back of the auditorium uh, or in a, the wrong place. I've, I've seen security cameras being used. I've seen cameras in the balcony being used. And there's nothing new that's being done. It's, it's people far, far away strumming guitars or doing worship and piano drums and somebody uh, speaks behind a pulpit far, far away. And I try to say to them, you know, if you're doing live streaming, you don't have to do it the same way as you do your church with a live audience. What kind of advice, Jerry, would you give to those churches across the world and in America, North America, on how to uh, take their message from the church and present it to uh, the marketplace, to a secular world and the faithful in a more creative way? Well, I think, first of all, I think content's important. And you can get by with some of the, the lack of quality if your content is strong enough, and I'm talking about message and so forth. But at the same time, uh, pretty soon that's gonna get old, and right now, because of COVID-19, uh, live streaming, online church services uh, is very popular, almost out of default. Uh, but my feeling is if this tries to become the norm and it's not more creative and there's not more creativity with it, uh, we're going to see a, a lot. It's going to become much less relevant. Uh, <clears throat> The other thing I don't, I don't believe, I do, in fact, I just, it's interesting because I had a, uh, an interview this morning, a Zoom interview with my pastor uh, talking about this very thing. Um, <clears throat> there's nothing that replaces the body of Christ coming together. I mean, that, the Kononia, that that's important that the body of Christ is coming together. But the thing that I'm saying to my pastor is <clears throat> the message that you have can be a broader message it can reach many, many more people while at the same time you're reaching a church. And I've always felt like that there is a place for church services that are much less creative than some of the other things we do. But it's a place where people can be introduced to the church. Uh, I told a pastor one time, I said, look, 
He said, I don't think I need to be on television. I said, well, how big are your doors? And he said, what do you mean? I said, how big are your doors? You know, what do you have? He said, well, we have swinging doors. We have, you know, wide, there's three or four entrances to the church. I said, well, the reason I ask you the question is because what you're asking people to do on Sunday morning is to get up, especially people who haven't been to church, get up, get their family ready, drive to your church, and then walk through those doors where they lose control. Would you do that? I wouldn't. And he said, well, I've never thought of it like that. I said, the thing about television, we don't have doors. People can sit, they can watch, they can turn off, they don't have to. But when they go in, they go through doors, all of a sudden doors close behind them and they're in an involvement that they don't know what they're gonna feel comfortable with or what's gonna happen. And I said, so people don't do that in mass. I said, on television, you have the opportunity then to touch more people. But my feeling, if we're gonna live stream, and I think live streaming can be good uh, together with the fellowship and the body of Christ coming together. If you're gonna do it, find some creative ways to do it. At least have multiple cameras, you know, to do with on your music and so forth and make it, and make it a, a pleasurable creative experience and don't just stick one camera in the church and expect people to get excited about that. So I agree with you that we really need to make it, we, we really need to make it in a, in a more creative genre because if we want people to watch it and expand the message, then, you know, I think that's the way to do it. Um, I think you're always gonna need the church, the local church, people coming together. But I also think that live streaming is a way to expand it. And our pastor's doing that. He, has an, he is an incredible communicator. And I've told, I've told him for a long time, I said, your, your message needs to get to a bigger audience. You need to somehow stretch it out. So now he's doing that by default because we're online. And this morning when I talked to him, he said, you know, I'm getting reports from people all over the United States that are, are enjoying our services. And I said, well, yeah, of course they are because you have a great message. But still do that in a creative way that makes it a pleasurable experience for people because they're used to that kind of, that kind of quality and creativity. Excellent. Uh, final thought. I always ask this or try to ask this often, even when I'm doing live, or live interviews or documentaries and now on the podcast, is there something, Jerry, that I haven't asked you that maybe would be a word of inspiration to uh, our listeners, most of whom are young creatives and leaders working in media missions and media ministry? Yeah, um, and I'll just say it as quick and as bluntly as I can. Creativity is very important. Doing it... Uh, you know, stories are, are very important. All of that is incredibly important. Technology is very important. But I think one of the things that we have to be cautious about, and I, you know, I, I'm one who I have to confess kind of lost my way in that, is that we have to stay on mission. We have to keep remembering what we're about. Because the more we expand, and when we started trying to do films, and uh, we started working with Hollywood, um, the pressure to get us off mission, and I'm not sure I'm the only one that's done that. And so we, you know, we did a couple of projects that I really regret. I mean, I really regret those because that was not, we, we drifted off mission, and we did it because of the pressure of the marketplace. 
And so the thing that I, I like to get across to young producers coming into it, we need to stick with who we are. We need to stay on mission. And within that mission, and that is the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, tell that story in as many possible ways as we can. Tell it in as creative ways as we can. But stay on mission. And don't let the pressure of the marketplace drive you off your mission. And I, not only did I think we do that in some projects, but I see some others doing that. And if there's anything I could change, I would go back and I would change that, Craig, because I allowed us to get pushed off mission, and I wish I hadn't done that. Good advice. We should have very good advice. Jerry K. Rose, absolute uh, privilege and treat to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. You've been listening to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast with Craig D. Forrest, brought to you by Matchstick Media International, dedicated to excellence in media through inspiration, vision, and education. To learn more, visit us on the web at matchstickmedia.org. That's matchstickmedia.org. Your generous donations, large or small, help defray costs for producing this creative podcast. Thanks for listening and subscribing.